Keep on beginning and failing. Each time you fail, start all over again and you will grow stronger until you have accomplished a purpose. Not the one you began with, perhaps, but one you'll be glad to remember. Learning is very fundamental to our growth. Everything we experience in our life, we learn from. How we learn and who we learn from really makes a difference in who and what we become in our own life. It all starts with good teachers. Our episode today, we will be covering just that, one of the best teachers I have ever read about. Let's get into this week's episode of Dead America. Welcome to another season of Dead America. This is season number two. And this week's episode, we are diving into a very interesting individual, Ann Sullivan. Ann Sullivan is a very interesting person, a person that dealt with a lot of disability issues herself, but yet overcome and became a teacher. A very well-known teacher, in fact. One that we all will recognize once we hear the name Helen Keller. Ann Sullivan was the teacher to Helen Keller. A lot of the personal information on Ann Sullivan has been lost due to time or even her own hand. There was a bunch of personal journals that she had written and it's said that she burnt those journals so her husband wouldn't find out information about her. Very interesting person, Ann Sullivan. Very caring, and a person that dealt with personal disabilities and used those disabilities to her advantage. People seldom see the halting and painful steps by which the most insignificant success is achieved. Ann Sullivan was born Joanna Mansfield Sullivan Macy. She was born April 14, 1866, and passed on October 20, 1936. She was an American teacher best known for being the instructor and lifelong companion of Helen Keller. At the age of five, Sullivan contracted trachoma, an eye disease, which left her partially blind and without reading or writing skills. She received her education as a student at the Perkins School for the Blind. Soon after graduation at the age of 20, she became a teacher to Helen Keller. The process of teaching a child that everything cannot be as he wills it or out to be painful both to him and to his teacher. Sullivan's childhood records indicate 
According to her baptismal certificate, her name at birth was Johanna Mansfield Sullivan. However, she was called Anne or Annie from birth. She was the oldest child of Thomas and Alice Closely Sullivan, who immigrated to the United States from Ireland during the Great Famine. When she was five years old, Sullivan contracted a bacterial eye disease known as trachoma, which caused many painful infections and over time made her nearly blind. When she was eight, her mother died from tuberculosis, and her father abandoned the children two years later for fear he could not raise them on his own. She and her younger brother James, or Jimmy, were sent to the run-down and overcrowded almshouse in Turksbury, Massachusetts, today part of Turksbury Hospital, and their younger sister, Mary, was left to an aunt. Jimmy had a weak hip condition, and then died from tuberculosis four months into their stay. Annie remained at Turksbury after his death and endured two unsuccessful eye operations. Due to reports of cruelty to inmates at Turksbury, including sexually perverted practices and cannibalism, the Massachusetts Board of State Charities launched an investigation into the institution in 1875. The investigation was led by Franklin Benjamin Sanborn, then chairman of the board, and Samuel Girdley Howe, founder of the Perkins School for the Blind in Boston. In February 1877, Anne was sent to the Soros de la Charity Hospital in Lowell, Massachusetts, where she had another unsuccessful operation. Remaining there, she helped the nuns in the ward and went on errands in the community until July of that year, when she was sent to the city infirmary, where she had one more unsuccessful operation, and was then transferred back to Turksbury under duress. Instead of returning to the area for predominantly ill and insane patients, she was housed with single mothers and unmarried pregnant women. During a subsequent inspection of Turksbury in 1880 by Franklin Benjamin Sanborn, now State Inspector of Charities, Anne beseeched him to allow her to be admitted to the Perkins School for the Blind. Within months, her plea was granted. Love is something like the clouds that were in the sky before the sun came out. You cannot touch the clouds, you know, but you feel the rain and know how glad the flowers in the thirsty earth are to have it after a hot day. You cannot touch love either, but you feel the sweetness that it pours into everything. Anne's Education Anne began her studies at the Perkins School on October 7, 1880. Although her rough manners made her first years at Perkins humiliating for her, she managed to connect with a few teachers and made progress with her learning. While there, she befriended and learned the manual alphabet 
from Laura Brigman, a graduate of the Perkins and the first blind and deaf person to be educated there. Also while there, she had a series of eye operations that significantly improved her vision. In June 1886, she graduated at age 20. As the valedictorian of her class, she stated, Fellow graduates, duty bids us go forth into active life. Let us go cheerfully, hopefully, and earnestly, and set ourselves to find our especial part. When we have found it, willingly and faithfully perform it. For every obstacle we overcome, every success we achieve, tends to bring man closer to God and make life more as he would have it. The start of Anne's career. The summer following Sullivan's graduation, the director of Perkins, Michael Anognos, was contracted by Arthur Keller, who was in search of a teacher for the seven-year-old blind and deaf daughter, Helen. Anognos immediately recommended Sullivan for this position, and she began her work on March 3, 1887, at the Keller's home in Tuscumbia, Alabama. As soon as she arrived there, she argued with Helen's parents about the Civil War and over the fact that they used to own slaves. However, she also quickly connected with Helen. It was the beginning of a 49-year relationship. Sullivan evolved from teacher to governess and finally to companion and friend. Certain periods in history suddenly lift humanity to an observation point where a clear light falls upon a world previously dark. Sullivan's curriculum involved a strict schedule with constant introduction of new vocabulary words. However, Sullivan quickly changed her teachings after seeing they did not suit Keller. Instead, she began to teach her vocabulary based on her own interest by spelling each word out into Keller's palm. Within six months, this method proved to be working as Keller had learned 575 words, some multiplication tables, and the Braille system. Sullivan strongly encouraged Helen's parents to send her to the Perkins School, where she could have an appropriate education. Once they agreed to this, Sullivan took Keller to Boston in 1888, and stayed with her there. Sullivan continued to teach her bright protege, who soon became famous for her remarkable progress. With the help of the school's director, Agnognos, Keller became a public symbol for the school, helping to increase its funding and donations and make it the most famous and sought-after school for the blind in the country. However, an accusation of plagiarism against Keller greatly upset Sullivan. She left and never returned, but did remain influential in the school. Sullivan also remained a close companion to Keller and continued to assist in her education. 
which ultimately included a degree from Radcliffe College. The truth is not wonderful enough to suit the newspapers, so they enlarge upon it and invent ridiculous embellishments. Sullivan's Personal Life On May 3, 1905, Sullivan married Harvard University instructor and literacy critic John Albert Macy, who had helped Keller with her publications. He moved in with them, and they lived together. However, within a few years, the marriage began to disintegrate. By 1914, they separated. Though he is listed as living as a lodger with them in the 1920 U.S. Census, they never officially divorced. As the years progressed after their separation, he appears to have faded from her life. Sullivan never remarried. Sullivan received quite a few awards. In 1932, Keller and Sullivan were each awarded honorary fellowships from the Educational Institute of Scotland. They were also awarded honorary degrees from Temple University. In 1955, Keller was awarded an honorary degree from Harvard University. And in 1956, the director's cottage at the Perkins School was named the Keller Macy College. In 2003, Sullivan was inducted into the National Woman's Hall of Fame. Looking at Sullivan's death, Sullivan had been seriously visually impaired for almost all of her life, but by 1935, she was completely blind in both eyes. On October 15, 1936, she had a coronary thrombosis fell into a coma, and died five days later on October 20th at the age of 70 in Forest Hills, with Keller holding her hand. Keller describes Sullivan's last month as being very agitated, but during the last week, she was said to return to her normal, gracious self. Sullivan was cremated and her ashes was interned in a memorial at the National Cathedral in Washington, D.C. She was the first woman to be recognized for her achievements in this way. When Keller died in 1968, her ashes were placed next to those of Sullivan. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Dead America. I sure hope you liked it. If you did, please share, like, and subscribe to the podcast. And remember, we do have another podcast at deadamerica.website, Free Circle Freedoms. Awesome podcast. You ought to go over and check it out also. Thank you. I'm Ed Waters, your host. And we'll catch you right here next week for the next exciting episode of Dead America. Out.